Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Celtic Now and for a podcast. My name is Ryan Clifford. This episode is obviously the, the, the reaction podcast, the Garden, the Hamilton Victory, turn off in one Today on the panel, I'm joined by Robert Boyle again. Robert, how you doing, mate? Good, Ryan. Thanks. And this episode, I'm joined by a new guest, the panel, Claire Church. Claire, how's things? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, all good. Well, obviously, Claire, since it's your first time on, um, I'll get your opinions first. Obviously, good victory, as we've been through a wee bit of a game there. So, just obviously your first thoughts after the game. Um... I still feel a bit deflated to be honest. It was a win, which is obviously good, mm. but it wasn't the most exciting game in the world, I'm not gonna lie. Um main concern from last night probably would be the lack of I don't know, a bit of lack of enthusiasm for the boys. I mean they were better, but no disrespect to Hamilton, but like it was Hamilton. I want to see how they got on on Saturday against a team that scored five goals last night. Um I mean defending the way they defended last night against St Mirren could potentially cause a little bit of a different reaction. I think St Mirren would score, put it that way, if we defend like that on Saturday. But, I mean, good result, don't get me wrong. Good result. Um, obviously, Griffiths and Edward scoring, which helps. Um, I, do, I think we, we might have a wee injury. On, I think Edward looked like he was holding his hamstring uh, when he came off last night. I don't know if you guys seen that. So I, 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 know he was, I know he was limping, but I wasn't sure if he was I'm um, hoping that's no well. I maybe I'm hoping it doesn't end up being a, a an injury because obviously if he's just coming good and hopefully we can keep him till the summer at least. But I know decent enough. Just I'm struggling to get up for the games these days. I'm just mm-hmm. I need to need to do something to make me go. All right, okay, cool. No bother. I think that's and Robert. I think that's what you've been kind of saying. It's you're kind of like what's going to happen this week. Every every day you're like, is there going to is there going to be something else to disappoint? Is it's just it's, as Claire says, you're struggling to get up for games and like the day Davis is signing or he is signing really, you're hard to get yourself up for anything really about Celtic because of the way the seasons went. Um, every day I'm looking for a positive rather than a negative, but the negatives outweigh the positives at this precise moment. Being a Celtic supporter, um. On last night's game, I thought there was spells. They played all right. I wouldn't say they played fantastic. I cut a no bad link up with Edward and Griffiths. Um, we saw it was good in the midfield. The two strikers scored two goals, 
But again, what Claire said, quite a lot of it I agree with. Um, so hard to get yourself up for it. Um, the goalkeeping situation to me is just, it's a lottery ticket. It's like, who are we pulling out this week, innit? Um, the defence still is ropey. Let's let's not get away from that. Um, there's just a lot of things. It's just, it's hard to get positive about. Um, but last night, we won. We had a clean sheet. It's all you can ask for, considering the last few weeks that we've had in the turbulence. You just want to get back to winning ways and hopefully we can build a bit of momentum now um, going to the end of the season. But I can't see us going in this a wee run of results, to be honest, as Claire said. St Mern's going to be a lot tougher test because for me, Hamilton didn't really offer much. They were kind of battling, but they didn't. They're the boat in the league for a reason. They're no, they're no a great team. So, on to the next game, St Mern, I'm afraid. I kind of agree with the two of when it comes to... I thought we were no... There was no enthusiasm. There was no... It was like, you're two off and up. I think under a lot of our managers, I know we keep referring back to Rodgers, but if that was two off and it'd be... Gone for three, gone for four. You would. There's no way to, for me. There's no way to go and get a goal. There's no enthusiasm to get the ball to the park, and I just don't know if that's just as Claire says, deflated. I just think the full team. I'm not saying they're not trying or they're not up for it. It's just it's like there's no fight. There's only maybe certain players like Sorrow, Tumbo, Ayers been brilliant for me all season. I think he'll be a one to go. Um, with a lot of fight for me. I know I've I've marked it down here to. Own, but Edward for me, I thought Edward was poor. Um, as much as you don't want to talk about Rangers, you, you look at their strikers, they're running all the time, they're keen defenders, a lot of hassle. And I don't know if it is if his words worried to get injured, I don't know. I think he's gone somewhere, but he's just not the guy that we've been watching from the last year and a bit. Um, again, we've spoken about before, we don't know if it's all to do with Covid, is he injured, is he we don't, we don't know, but. I don't know what Claire thinks, but I think it's for me. I know Edward scored, but I just don't think he's done enough to merit even starting. Because I know I've always says that if he's fit, he should be playing because he's he's always got that bit of magic. But I just I just don't know where to go with Edward now because my feelings on him is he's phenomenal on his days. He's probably the best player in Scotland, um, but I just don't know what you make it that clear about Edward's performance. <laughs> I kind of want to grab him and shake him after seeing him play this season, honestly. Um, last night, I agree with you. I thought it was poor. The simple stuff he couldn't do, but then mm. he did a compli- something really complicated before he scored. Like, the best bit of thing he did was cause the best bit of play and he scored, but he couldn't do the simple stuff for the rest of the match. Like, he was posted missing for probably, I don't know, like a 20 minutes of the first half. Um, I don't think he's been consistent. I 100% agree with you. I think he's scared he's going to get injured. I think he's, his head's obviously been turned by whether it be Rodgers, whether it be someday in France. I don't know. But he's a young... I don't say age is an excuse, but he's a young boy. Do you know what I mean, he's, he's obviously mm. ambitious and he knows he's good. That's the thing. He does know he's good. And I think when... Kind of shits at the fan a bit at Celtic, I don't think he can stomach it. I don't think he can... He's tolerating it very well. Um, he's obviously, I mean, if, if that was a hamstring injury he's got last night, he's probably going nowhere in January now, so he's going to be stuck here for another six months. Are we going to have another six months of him just doing what he did last night? No thanks. Off you go, beat it. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather he went if he was going to do that for six months. I don't know if I can handle six more months of that. 
I don't know what your take on it is, but I know we've spoken about it all, but I'm 100% with Quedd. I just, it's, it's, I like you want to shake him because you're like, we know what you can do. Even, even the Ibrox, see the one he missed the Ibrox, see if that was his bar six months ago, that's a goal. Obviously, he's finishes. See the one at Sparta Prague away, that was, that was Edward, Pete Edward. And I, I, I don't know if it is like Chris agreed with me that he's injured or he's, he's, no why he get injured or again because he's changed agents now, hasn't he? So and supposedly the company's a big company he's signed for, so that's already in the pipeline. But see if you're going in my opinion, I know we're CL fans and we don't care about if he's going to Arsenal or Leicester or wherever he's gone, but obviously your main focus was ten in a row. So you should be thinking about your move after you win ten or after you have a good season. So see my opinion, we, we were we, we were maybe quoting thirty, forty million. You know, the way he's playing, you're lucky, probably get lucky at 25 million from him. 25 million is the right bracket, especially with COVID times, because for me, he sets so high a standard that if he doesn't play that standard all the time, then people are going to judge him and start looking at, oh, he's half a boy, he's no interested, he wants a move. But you've got to remember, Nobody at Celtic's played performed this year. There's nobody really, mm-hmm. apart from Sorman Timbuk came into the team that we spoke about. There's no been one player that stood out in that team that you went, wow. So maybe way COVID, maybe way's injury, maybe way no having state partners changing, Chopman changing. The team's changed 33 different times this season. And I thought, that's not how you build a winning team. You don't build a winning team with changing players. Constantly, we make the most subs in the league. Underlin, to me, there's just it's for individuals. The team, now. the management, on a unit. I would say John Kennedy and Neil Lennon don't really go on. I don't think the CIEI, in my own opinion, I feel they've got different thoughts and things, but they don't talk about it. And that's all come to the boil. The players are probably in wee triangles now, like small groups, because obviously everything's went tits up really. And you really need men in there when things are going tits up to regroup us and get us back together. And Scott Brown has no been the Scott Brown we know either because he should be the leader, even if he's not going half the part and getting us regrouped. But he comes on there all night and makes an absolute stupid elbow fling or arm fling, whatever you want to call it. I mean, how can he turn in and tell any other player to up their game when he's coming on and doing something like that? To me, the full season up to now has just been a total circus act, as we spoke about, Ryan. I just, I don't think there's been many positives and it must be hard for players coming into your squad when so much has gone wrong. Um, obviously, with Barkas and Ayeti, I don't think they're up to it for Celtic, but it's hard to get saying it about them because of what's happened. Um, and everything that's kind of faltered and it's down to the management and they'll get the best at the players. So maybe under Lennon, Edward just doesn't feel alright. He was good last season, but he really blossomed under Rogers. You know what I mean? So obviously transfer speculation and Cham's no happy. Big Julian's been injured. So there's loads of things. The French boys all stick together. I know that for speaking to a actual Celtic player. Um he told us a wee bit about the French players and says they're kinda close and stuff like that. So that's just my opinion on it. It's you can't can you just blame Edward? I mean, Griffiths comes back for his pre-season with all weight and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a catalogue of loads of things. Um, but we know Edward's absolutely brilliant on his day and what he can actually do. But as he says, the league's gone, right? So why would that guy go out and get 100% when 
in case he does get a third hamstring or does a knee ligament or breaks his leg and that move that has been moved then collapses. It's hard, but if we get money for him, I'd take it. 20, 25 million. I would because we need money for building for next season. So that's just my opinion on I I can take that eye when it comes to him no way I get injured because even when I played football, if you had if you knew you were going somewhere else, you did he did know why I get injured. That's just a simple fact. At the end of the day, he's got a family, he's got a life, so I can understand that. But as a Celtic fan, it's it's frustrating clearly when you see guys like that when you know how good they can be in this season when you'd expect them to be all firing, they're not. It's so frustrating, especially some like what Robert said. Um, he's so, so good on his day. Like, he can be brilliant. He can just be unplayable at times. And then it's frustrating watching him be so poor. Um, I just, right now, he's not earning his move. Yeah, he's, he's not working for it. Somebody like Ayer, who's been brilliant all season, he's working for his move. He's week in, week out. I'm not saying he's been brilliant. He has been good, but he's been the best of a bad bunch. Mm-hmm. He's been consistently at an okay standard. Whereas Edward's just been, went from up here to just so poor and just so uninterested looking. Even his body language hasn't been great. Um, and I, it's just, it's disappointing for me because I like the guy. I think he's, he, you know, I, I, I wish he would. I don't know what I wish he would do. I mean, if, I bet you any money if he leaves, he'll be absolutely brilliant again. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. He'll leave and he'll be fantastic wherever he goes and all the Celtic fans will be absolutely raging. But that is what it is. That's just a point. But like what Robert says, the whole season's a circus. Because <laughs> that was somewhere the same with Dembele, when, when he was coming to an end. He formed it. And then as soon as he went to Leon, boom, we're talking about him getting cats for France and this and I was like that. But we all knew about Dembele. Dembele for me was outrageous and I think again I don't think he, he totally played his best here that we've seen that he went to lay on news that I think did so it just proves as well that we have there's talent everywhere even in, in the low leagues in Scotland but especially in Celtic and even Rangers may not know what to say but there's talent everywhere in Scotland and I don't think maybe it gets a recognition like guys like Edward even Tierney with, for 25 million at the time was a good deal but looking back now it was daylight robbery for what we sold him for because he's probably Arsenal's best player and then, obviously, we were talking about Barcash, Robert, and um, Claire about dropping, changing. Um, I like to talk about you, obviously, Claire, when it comes to Barcash. I know me and Robert spoke about Bust it. <laughs> the thing with Lennon is, again, I, I, I don't know if Lennon is, I don't know if he's no well. I say, and I say this point because he's, I don't know if he remembers what he said about Barcash two or three weeks ago. He was the number one when they play him and blah, blah, blah. And he's played about two out of five or six games. So I don't, and then he's saying Baines earned these, earned these fights again, but he was, the Baines will played since November or something. So how's, how's he earned these fights if he's not, he's not played? And he's saying that he needs to, he's admitted himself he's not playing well and he can do better and he's not settling, but see, to settle and get used to playing up to speed, you've got to play every week, surely. And um, this is my opinion. I think if you've got to get, I see me Griffiths, Monday with Griffiths not been fit, I yet not been fit. Well, they need to play. You can only train so much before you get fit. Um, but I don't know what you make of the comments, Claire, but I just think after saying that and no playing broadcast, for me, it's it's baffling. I'm confused though as well, because like you said a couple of weeks ago, he came out and said opposite of broadcast, and then last mm-hmm. night he came out and pretty much slated the guy and said, 
he's not settling, he's no he's no up to it. He's a but apparently Barkas has admitted he's no settling and he's not up for it. And I'm like, right, okay, but I mean my head just keeps going back to we spent five million on this deficit has come in and you know, couldn't catch it. And I mean I, I like Bain. I like Bain a lot as a goalie. I think he's pretty solid, I think he's pretty decent. And I don't think Hazard did a great deal wrong. I know that might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't think he did a lot wrong when he was in. I don't I don't know why where he's went, I don't know where he disappeared to, but like what Robert said, we're just going to dip our hand in a lucky dip bowl every week and just pick a goalie out and put them in. Do you know what I mean? It's it's weird. It's really, really weird. I don't I personally just I, I haven't seen enough of Barkas. To, to think of anything else apart from the fact that he's no great for me, he doesn't even command, the, I don't think he's commanding, I don't think he's, I, you don't hear him shout a lot, mm-hmm. you don't hear him shout at the two idiots in front of him, whoever they may be each week, you know, you should be screaming at your defenders, and I mean, the grief Fraser Foster gave a defence, I mean, you remember him, he always used to shout and command the box and command the boys in front of him and whatever, but I like Bain. Bain's quite vocal and Bain seems to be a wee bit more solid. But, I mean, where's his morale at? I'm just getting flung back in this team and I've not kicked a ball for eight weeks or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to think, where's, where's, what's he thinking? I mean, he must be, he can't be 100% happy with that. I mean, I, obviously I don't know, but it's just my opinion. So. You see, obviously you were talking about, see, but obviously Barcast at the end is coming to say this, but after saying that, do you know what I think as well, Robert, that he's, again, he's found the player under the bus that he's done all season, came out in public. Is that not something you say, but in-house? The full thing we spoke about, for me, Lennon, we don't know what goes behind the scenes, and even some people who, I suppose, are in the know, and they say they know this, nobody knows that, and I say to Club before this morning, it's only Dez and Lennon and Laurel that know really what's happening, Nicky Hammond, the recruitment guy. I just... I've watched, but see when he played against us, he made a few good saves, I thought, and when Rogers was here in the qualifiers for the Champions League. And you know, I know YouTube's YouTube, and it, some of the saves he make on YouTube, I'm like, wow. Against Bayern Munich, Juventus, and what? He's decent. Now, obviously, a few guys right on Twitter saying, what a sign you've got. And then, I don't know, what, what, as Chris said, you've spent £5 million. Are you just going to pick a lucky, a lucky dip and go, right, we'll sign him, we'll sign him, we'll play him? I know we've spoken about him, but. I'm trying to, I'm trying to take a observing fit and just no judge any player this season in a way, because of how, as you said, it's been a bit of a shit show. Um, but some guys, like I've said, Duffy, a beat on against been poor for me. Guys who you, you can get a judge, but um, I don't know. You've me broadcast me. I, I don't know about it. Me, the situation is just totally, it's a shit show. The goal, the goalkeeping situation for me, Ryan is. Hazard is a good upcoming young goalkeeper. He needs experience. He's a good shot stopper. He's no great at coming for crosses. He's vocal enough. He needs experience. And he's out and loan to a commander, a St. Marlon, St. Johnston. Someday get a good season under his belt and then assess him for there. Scott Bain's a good backup goalkeeper for me. He's good with the ball at his feet. Nice a guy. Cracking guy. Actually, I spoke to him quite a few times and he's actually one of the most down-to-earth guys you meet. But that doesn't make him a good goalkeeper. But He's a cracking guy. He's a good guy to have run about the club. I think he's a decent enough shortstopper to be a number two. I don't think he's a number one. And Barkas, for me, the, this is what we're talking about with Lennon and somebody else, right? We'll not mention our names, management side. 
see if Barkas is struggling. He doesn't need to come out and slate the guy in the press. Mm-hmm. He takes it in the house and says, the guy's got a wee bit of homesickness and we've had to take him out the phrase. Just a professionalism in the media. Rather than going and saying, the guy's no settling. He's admitted that he's still, he's just not up to the standard. To me, that's just no professional for a manager. He's got to take him out the limelight. Even say he's got a, a slight injury, take him out the limelight, let him try and work away in the background and see how it goes for there. But he's no good enough for me, Barkas. I think we've been a bit spoiled with goalkeepers over the years. Uh, your Boric's, um, your Fraser Foster's, and even to that extent, Craig Gordon, his first season in that. We had right good goalkeepers that could make a lot of good saves. Um, David Marshall was decent enough um, in his day as well. Um, so we've been spoiled with goalkeepers. And now you see how much decent a goalkeeper we actually had over the years and how good they can be. But to me, he's just, he's no commanding. He's no vocal, and I've yet to see him making any saves that's kept us in a game, apart from a couple at Ross County. But other than that, he's been very poor. Positional sense to me, very poor as well. But again, the guy's going through a pandemic, settling into a new country. Probably know a lot of people speak. Obviously, there's nobody who probably speaks in the team Greek, is what I can think of. So a lot of things, it's hard for people. It's just because how big a season it is and we're coming into mm. this season and everybody expects the players to come in and hit the ground running and unfortunately we've not had that luck of players coming in and hitting the ground running I don't think there's been many signings that have done that so maybe we're giving the guy a bit too much flack but for me the guy's he's got to be a strong enough person to get away and make it count now and day extra training day what's needed to done to get to that high standard if you remember when Boyata was there in the team there was talking being at Lennox Town and training to half nine at night, and Brendan mm. Rodgers says, I don't believe you, and he had to go and check the security guard to see that he was up training. If you want, if you're determined enough, and you've got, he's obviously got a ability somewhere, you can make it, and make it, change it, and make it better for yourself, and go and do the extra training that's needed. If that's what it is, keep your mind on football, and take your mind off sitting in a fucking hotel room, or sitting in a, a flat, when you probably know got a lot of people running about you. I think just mentally strong, he needs to be mentally stronger and needs to look at yourself in that sense and go, right, what do I want? Do I want to be here? Do I want to make a career for myself here? Or do I want to sulk and feel sorry for myself and move on? That, to me, a goalkeeper's got to be a strong vocal person and probably a bit of a madman as well to be a goalkeeper. Um, that's just my thoughts in the goalkeeping situation at Celtic. You know? Obviously, we're talking about uh, Foster, Claire, and I agree with you that as much as your defence hasn't been the best, we are a solid goalkeeper. It gives you a kind of a substance to the full team. The defence, no. The last season, it's, apart from two or three signings in the first 11, it is kind of the same team. Obviously, Julian's injured and COVID and stuff has happened. But Julian and I are, Mohamed and uh, who was left back again last season? Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor, sorry. And uh, Lazio, when we beat Lazio, it was been about the same team with Johnny Hay. It was roughly about the same team, but as Claire says, I agree with Claire that having a, let's be honest, Fraser Foster as a world class goalkeeper, it gives the rest of the team, the rest of the team confidence. Yeah, and Fraser didn't want to come back or whatever the story was there. He didn't want to come back and for whatever reason. And I mean, to get, I mean, he's all agreement, defence isn't great. Let's just no beat about the bush here. Defence is shocking, actually. But again, I think kind of like what Robert said as well. We've been spoiled a wee bit. I think 
Um, I agree with him on the goalkeeping situation. I think that we have been spoiled. I also think that the defence need a kick up the rear end, and I think they need a good goalie to do that. I think a strong commanding goalie would give them a bit up the backside that they need maybe to be a bit more, uh, a wee bit better. I mean, I get the impression as well. I would definitely, I think he's just trying that bit too hard now. And he's, he's trying that hard, he's get if it's possible, but even worse. Um, mm. he's obviously, I obviously Celtic fan or whatever else, but you know, it's just not happening for him. And he might just, he might just need to relax a bit, but it might just, it might just be it. And maybe who knows, he might actually score one of them headers he goes for when we take a corner. You know, I mean, he's, he's always up there, he's just. And you look how frustrated he is every time he misses mm-hmm. one. Like, he looks absolutely gutted every time. And it's like, like the boy's obviously trying, but it's maybe just no, it's no for him. But from my goalkeeping point of view, somebody with a big, strong, commanding goalkeeper, I think is what we need. And I mean, I take your point, Robert, about Bain. He's, he's solid enough and maybe he's just a number two, maybe he's just a backup, but he's, he's the best of a bad bunch right now, I think. Um, again, unfortunately, I shouldn't be saying that about Celtic, but I think he is the best of a bad bunch at the minute. Um, I think it's been hard for us as fans that obviously come on a podcast or in general, because obviously we can't even go to pubs and have a, a talk with our pals and whatever else, not our fellow supporters, but we seem to be criticising a lot, but it's hard when you're, I think, a lot of a lot of fans who obviously the, the team out of water and other teams in Scotland are saying, why is it not uptight about how bad your opinions have been so, but that's why we're, for me, we're so, crit- we're so critical of the team because we know how good they can be and the draft standards and obviously we've spoken about how maybe the professional side of the game has maybe went, because obviously for me, learning, this is the first season in maybe the last few years where I think we've spoke a lot in the press. I don't know if it gets brought up about, in my opinion, maybe too much, but Lenny's talking to the press, my players are coming out and talking to the press, but Sander, I know we keep saying about Rodgers, but players didn't come out and talk to the press about Rodgers. They've done it in-house. That season, all you heard was Tavernier talking to the press, Morelos talking to the press, and guys who came before, Sendros talking to the press. And I think that's going to be nipping the bud for me. I don't know why they're being all that out. Um, I don't know what you think of that, but, Robert, but I think it's there's a lot in that side that's going to change. You're, you've heard interviews with McGregor saying stuff like, uh-huh. Standards no great. The he couldn't put his finger on how players are so after the boy on that. And I think I think it was a spot of that game at home. I think if that interview went any longer, McGregor was ready to tell more than he should mm-hmm. have actually said. He just looked in one of the moods that he was just totally pissed off, should we say? And I think players like him have had dropped this year and standard just because everything about them and it's no for lack of time because we McGregor gives a hundred percent every game, but it's just everything comes for the management, in my opinion on it. Um, if the management are as a unit and as one, I mean, you can look back at no one and accepting the job without his own backroom staff. To me, right away, that's a no-no. He should have had guys running about him that he could trust, and he, even if John Kennedy had to be there, he should have still had me Albion or Alan Thompson mm. or Gary Parker's whoever he needed to be alongside him because him and John Keddy just don't react to me and I feel if your management aren't in the same wavelength, how's it, how can they go address the players and put it across to the players to be on the same wavelength? To me, it just it's just all individuals um, 
and to me it just looks like we need an actual structure, a management, a coaches, a stuff that needs brought back to the club as a professionalism. Um, like as we says we had before, if that needs to be a three million pound manager, then I feel a three million pound manager is worth his weight in gold more than a three million pound player. Just because a lot of players there don't just become bad players there night. As you say, you can get the best out of these players again if they're coached right and put into a system and no change for a 4-2-3-1, a 3-5-2, a 4-1-3-2. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like tactics are changing week in, week out. Some players are getting played out of position. Like, Eranusi's played everywhere but goalkeeping, I think. I think he's played everywhere in the park. Um, Taylor there, Laxalt there, Ayer played every position. I mean, you can't have a settled team. Your spine of your team is the most important part of a team. And that's got to kind of be the same off-season. And to me, it's no. It's changed far too much. There's nobody that can build partnerships up throughout the team. It's changing constant. Tactics are changing constant. You had Tumble in the right or left last night. To me, it's just... It's just you get away with it with Hamilton, but you're not going to get away with it in the better teams. It's just... It needs to change, mate. The manager needs to change. I just hope it's sooner rather than later because the longer we leave it, the more... It's just dragging on and bringing the fans down and bringing the club down, to be quite honest. I agree with you when it comes to everything about the, especially the, the Lennon and Kennedy. Um, it's, you can see, it's, I know people speak about Kennedy and reacts, and I know in the past he doesn't really react, but especially at this time when you're in a bit of, you're in a, bit of a, a need for your managers and your coaches to have to give you a list, there's no fans. Um, as we spoke about, Claire, obviously the fans might be a it could be a thing that obviously a detriment to the squad, but for me, I think at the side of the park and obviously training, whatever they're doing, it's definitely no, no, what it should be. Yeah, I mean, who I forget who it was. I think it was somebody. I forget who said it, but somebody said that we're missing the fans so much more than what Rangers are, and I'm kind of laughing because I think if Rangers had the fans in the stadium, would they be as good as they are? Are Rangers that good or are we just that bad? That's a totally different debate. I'm not even going to get into that. But I, I do think the fans obviously play a big part. Everyone talks about the atmosphere. Everybody talks about the fans. You know, Messi comes out and says mm-hmm. how good it is. All the play- like all these famous players say how good the atmosphere is. So I do think we're definitely, definitely missing that. And the players are missing that lift. But I also think if... I know if I was in the ground, I would be giving Lennon absolute dogs of use if I was in there every week watching this nonsense. And I think he'd be at the door by now if there was fans in the ground every week. I don't think he'd still be there. Um, I think the lack of fans gives Lowell that little safety net to just sit on it a wee bit longer. Or for whatever reason he wants to do that for. Um, uh, I, I definitely, when it comes to Lowell, I think... The, they've been quite quiet, haven't they, about a lot of things. They'll only post on the social media when we won trophies every day. They're, they're posting everything now, they're quiet. It's, I agree with the two easy on that situation. And then obviously, we're kind of away for the game, but it's, it's listen, it's time to we need to talk about. But obviously, we're talking about Beaton and Duffy defence. Um, I know Taylor, Taylor's stats yesterday were brilliant, but for me, I spoke about it. Going forward, if you want to progress a club, and as Robert says, Lowell says, we're a, an elite club. For me, Taylor, and probably to an extent, Laxalt's not going to be your, 
you're less bats. But Duffy, I agree with Claire that I think he's trying too hard. But as I've spoke about before, we don't know if his personal side that's happened to him is affecting his game here. We don't know. But I just, me personally, I know we're struggling for centre backs. But if it's going to make his life a bit better and maybe make him a better player, I, I would just I would send him back if we can do that because I think he's struggling. Um, and I don't want we don't want to sit here and criticise the own team because it's no what we're like and what you want to do. But I agree with you when it comes to Duffy and Beaton. I think I've, I, he is a centre mid, isn't he? You can see the centre mid when he plays. Um, but I don't know what your take on Beaton is, Claire. But I just think I know we're struggling for, for centre backs, but I just he, he can't play there because he's making two mistakes. And yesterday he's passing five, ten yard pass at the park. You're a professional football player. I know it happens, but it's happening every game for me now, and that's just not the standards we've set. No, I've always, I've always actually been a fan of Beaton as a midfielder, and mm-hmm. I think back to Chris Sutton playing striker, midfield, centre back, and mm-hmm. you're thinking, "Oh, could he be that? We actually tell, could he do this? You know, this is this is a good thing. This is great." And can he can he do a ten-year pass like you said? Then he has a bit of a bomb scare. At centre back, unfortunately, um, but then I also think would I prefer Ayer at centre back or would I prefer Ayer at right back now? That that's a different thing. I mean, mm-hmm. Ayer's just up and down and up and down. Quite happy last night. He played. I thought he was kind. I thought he was good. Looked like he was totally not a worst couch after it. But he tried hard and he played. And you know what? He looked like he wanted to be there and wanted to play, and that was good. And I enjoyed that about it. Uh, Beaton, I just I, I don't know because where's the space for him in the midfield if the defenders are there and the defenders are fit because he's not going to take Sorrow or or Brown out. Well, and that, oh, Brown's a different a different issue, but Sorrow was playing well and like Robert said, he was good and he's solid and he's he's a great wee player. I don't think he's going to take him out and put Beaton in there unless he's injured. So is Beaton going to stay and be a backup midfielder or would they want to? Would he want to move on if he can't get the game at centre enough? I think he's just happy to be playing as much as he's maybe no great. Um, but we don't really have many other options right now. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen enough of the guy Welsh to. Mm. He's, he's been all right again. All right. That's about all the excited as I'm going to get. But again, I, you know, it depends. I mean, obviously, Lennon's going with. I'm not saying Lennon's going with his buddies. He's going with who he trusts and who he thinks he trusts and who he thinks is going to be all right on the night. But it's not about the performances, about who he trusts, and it's a totally different, totally different thing about who's playing well and who's performing well as to who he wants. And then that's that's not doing the team any favours right now, I think. Because obviously you were saying it was Hamilton and we won the game, but it's even it's Hamilton and Duffy and Beaton and they're making mistakes. I thought Hamilton, Hamilton should have scored. I don't know what yep. Duffy be, don't know what Duffy was doing. That's it. Duffy, as we've said as well, but Duffy's an experienced international. She's played at the highest level in the Premier League. He's, a, he's only 28, 29, so it's not like he's 35, 36. He's a captain of Ireland, played in Euro qualifiers. As we've said, you don't want to disrespect any Scottish team, but you're playing against the bottom league. And they're kind of getting a wee bit of game. Um, I, I just don't know. He should be coming here, but our first vote. I was on my Twitter, I can't believe he's signed, what a signing. And I, it's just failed and there's so many players I think I've no, I've no really cut it this season. And I think here, I know 
Maybe kind of spoke about it clear that he's been a big, a big kind of failure. Um, and obviously, it's just, I, I don't know what you think you may beat on, Robert, as well, but I just think the centre-back, the goalkeeper, even Hamilton, it's just, you're, you're still thinking you're going to get a goal. And for me, that's no, that's no good enough. I don't think Beaton is a bad player. I really don't. I think he's a no-bad football player. I think mm-hmm. he's compo- kind of composed on the ball, and I think that's where Lennon likes him at the back. But he isn't a centre-half. I mean, he can play good for 60, 70 minutes. Like we've seen against Rangers, he never put a foot wrong, but he's always got a mistake in him because he's not got the defender instinct where he's got to be switched on all the time. He switches off because he's used to doing that in midfield. Mm-hmm. It's easy to switch half because there's two guys standing behind you at centre-half and you get away with it at centre-half, at centre-midfield. But when you're playing at centre-half, one mistake like that or one mistake like he done at Hamilton away and wiped the boy out and that, it's just, it's no Beton's fault. It's we've got Julian injured. He's not got a lot of trust in a young boy Welsh who I think could be all right in the future again. He's just a young boy and Julian's injured, so... You've not really got much choices at centre half. I mean, Ayers there, but no, we're self ping pong. El Hamid does looks miles at the picture, so he's name. But I don't know where you could put El Hamid in centre half because he can play there. But I don't know how far out the picture he seems to be miles at the picture now. And put Ayer at right back, or put Ayer in at centre half, and put um, El Hamid at right back. I just, I don't know. I don't think Lennon knows what he's doing, so what chance have we got of realising what he's doing? And Duffy, I think if Julian, if Al Hamid wasn't homesick and the stuff that's going on, and Julian wasn't injured, I think they would have sent Duffy back in January. My personal opinion, I think they would have. But no, you're stuck with it, so we just need to put our blindfolds on and look through the cracks of the blindfolds to see what's happening. I agree with you when it comes to Beaton. I don't think Beaton is a bad player. I think it's centre mid. I think obviously we've got Sorrow and Tumbo and McGregor. I know in Chams on playing, but you've still got him as an option. I think Beaton is a, is a really good player on the ball. But I think, as you say, he, he switches off and it kind of makes him into a bad Again, he is, he's not a centre back, let's be honest. He's no, so he is out his comfort zone. But he's, as Claire says, maybe he's just happy playing there because he's playing with Celtic and he's playing every week. Um, but it's the simple mistakes that I think because he's maybe too calm and maybe too good a passer that he's, he is playing the 10 yards at the game. But see, watching it, it's so frustrating. See, because you spoke about Robert, that if that was a Sunday league game or a Saturday game that we were playing in, you would have been getting absolutely slaughtered as a manager. So, but and then obviously when you're talking about Sorrow and Tumble again, I thought we're brilliant. I think we need to build a team around them that season. I don't know what you think of that, Claire, but I think we've got to kind of Start. I know. Obviously, mathematically, at least no finish. But in theory, it is right. But you've got to kind of build the team now, maybe, and just build a, a squad now, where to get into the qualifiers, and hopefully, if there's new manager come in, they can kind of maybe settled into the team, and they can go the way we want to go. I like Sora a lot. I think he's been very, very good. He's something about him that makes me think of Lennon when Lennon played in that position. Are you? But I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, just he's a wee solid wee guy, tidies up things, saves the defenders' blushes on a lot of occasions. I'm not gonna lie, I've only seen him do it a few times last night as well. Um, Turnbull, I I rate him really highly. He's, he's been a wee bit off the a wee bit off the boil recently, just a wee bit. Um, but he's still he can be off the boil and still be better than mm-hmm. 
the mm. likes of Christie, for example, and you know, he can he still plays better than him, even if he is slightly off the boil. I think building a team around those two is a very good thing. Uh, very much a good thing. I just I can't I don't know what's wrong with McGregor this season. He has been I mean, I get he said the captain's armband. I don't know if that's extra pressure on him or what, but I like him. I think he you know, I rate him really highly and I know that I think it was Rogers that was looking at him and thinking about bringing him down south and stuff like that. And yeah, all right, on his day probably, do you know what? Yeah, he probably could go and play in England. Um, but if you take the three McGregor on his day, Turnbull and Sorrow, that's your three boys that I think you you mould a team around. Um, Roger can just go and he can leave, honest to God. I see him coming on and I just put my hands over my head, you know. Um, I just I just don't know what's going on with him. I don't know. He's just shocking. Um, but yeah, those three guys, in my opinion, I think you should build that team around. I'm definitely with you there. Um, Sorrow, again, but it's not like, as we'll say, Robert, it's not like he's just signed. He was there for January. So, Lennon, obviously, he's came for a different country. And I'm, I'm a big believer. Of, I don't I don't really believe in all that bullshit about settling in. See, if you're a professional football player, you should be just getting in and playing. Well, no, that's maybe been too critical of clubs. Again, guys' time, I don't know. It's just my opinion. I think if you're a professional football player, Maybe a few, maybe two or three weeks to set one, get used to the training, get used to the climate, whatever else. But if you're good enough for me, you should be playing. And Tumble was signed him. It only took us to start really, really dipping for they two to come on the team in the Bernardo season. Um, and Brown, as we spoke about, Robert, in the other podcast, the old guard that he was playing, the guys he's tried and trusted in the charm, who I thought, for me, I, I keep saying it all his day, for me, I think he's the best midfield in Scotland. He's phenomenal. But his best days are one every 20 or one every 15. So for me, I sell him. His time's up. But Sorrow, I think he's brilliant. I know, I do agree with Claire when it comes to that. Maybe that, it, it, he's no, he's no, how do you say, he's no flashy. He just does, maybe the, the, the canty and Neil Lennon roll, gets the ball, breaks the, the play up. Right. He does mm-hmm. the basics right. And that's all I want from the now. So. Mm-hmm. I think that, that's just, I think he's, I think he's brilliant. I think he's only going to get better. And I think maybe, I know we don't want to keep talking about the manager because he's still here. And by all accounts, he can still be here next season. We fucking don't know that. So, I just think that they've got to play continuously and tumble for me. I think Tumble's going to be another 15, 20 million player in two or three years' time. I think he's going to be brilliant. He's an absolute, he's he's brilliant. Um, Again, it's a good guy for Scotland to have in their team. For the Euros coming up, I think he'll be brilliant. And that's only going to make us maybe a better team with him playing with Scotland as well because he's playing against an Arsenal brilliant um, and obviously I just want to get your kind of thought uh, Robert as well on why you think Sorrow and Tumbo won in the team because uh, I just think it's, it's madness for me the, the reason behind what I think they won in the team was because Lennon's tried and trusted and they were winning games and winning trophies so he wasn't going to change it. There was no way he was going to change it. The only reason he changed it is because the screams were getting louder and louder for the fans. And it was like, look, this can't keep going on. So he had to look like he was trying something. And he did. He gave it against a, a dead rubber game against Leo. It wasn't a dead rubber to us, but to mm-hmm. him, they're at the competition. So I flung these boys in and it looks like I'm then changing it. And by, obviously, the boys playing well, 
it, we got a result. And then by that all means, he couldn't really drop him. There was no other way. He couldn't turn in. Well, he did try it, didn't he? He dropped mm-hmm. Sorrow for Brown in the cup final. And I'm not saying it was Brown, Brown's fault, but we conceded three goals and had to win in penalties. And we nearly absolutely tossed a Scottish Cup final for the season before. And through trying to be good to his old pals and whatever you would like to say. Um, but for me, McGregor this season, what Claire's saying, I feel a lot of McGregor has had to be the legs in the middle of the park for Scott Brown mm-hmm. because of Scott Brown. And it was disjointed, the two of them. I mean, you've seen it against Sparta Prague and that, not getting forward. The two of them were trying to get forward and Brown didn't have the legs to get back. And McGregor was maybe against two and trying his hardest, whereas Sorrell gives you the protection in front of the defence. He's a very, very clever player, as I say to you. It reminds me of a young Angolio Kante. I'm not saying he's going to be a £80 million player or whatever you want to call it, but he's got that wee smile. He's a wee guy in stature, but he's as strong as a rock. He's clever at how he patrols the back line, just in front of the back line. He doesn't just go mad and just go charging into tackles. He picks his tackles maybe when a player's 25 yards to go. Then he'll, he'll start moving forward and getting his tackles in for then. And maybe 30 yards to go. He's very clever. He just picks his times to make the tackles. And he picks his times when to move the ball forward. He's very clever. I like him because he's no what Scott Brown. When Scott Brown gets the ball, it's side away, it's back away. He goes mm-hmm. he goes in between the two centre-halves to take the ball sometimes. And to me, what is the point in him going 15, 20 yards back to do what a defender can do? What Sorrell can do is take the ball 15 yards, while in front of the centre-halves, turn and move it quick. And moves it with pace. He's he is he's a great wee player for what I've seen, and I think he will well only get better under a better manager. Um, because he's been him and Tumble have been the shining lights in a very poor season. Um, Tumble assists great, crossing great, free kicks great, and he adds goals to his game. As Claire said, he's probably set such a high standard to start with mm. that he's maybe Claire saying he's took a wee dip, but. His standard they set at the very start was so high with assists and goals was phenomenal rating. So maybe he has to a wee dip, but it's only natural a boy at 21 who's came in and done that. Um, so I everything's, in my own opinion, you've got to really build your team around the two guys. And uh, if Cal McGregor's still there, then build it around him, um, wear him, because I think you've got the basis of a, a right good team unless somebody comes in and gives a ridiculous offer like Fring Pong um, then we can't really knock it back then I then you'll just try and find the next hidden gem um, that's my opinion of the two of them I will touch on Fring Pong in a minute um, but obviously the game uh, I tumble sort of again Hamilton my Brown I know we're saying it's Hamilton but they were brilliant and then Griffiths again brilliant finish for the first goal I know he's a bit of a rogue um, and maybe he's, his weight might not be the best whatever but and he struggles, he's hard, but uh, I don't talk the day. I still think, I know some Rangers fans were talking about before, but I think Lee Griffiths is the best striker in Scotland in a mile. It's just my opinion. I think he's, he's, he's finishing, it's just phenomenal. I know he's missed the odd sat here and there, but I think if, if he's on the park, you'd always, you're liable to get a goal off him. It might, it might take two chances at a one, but I think he's brilliant. I think he's, uh, I think you've got, we've got to just keep playing him now. Then the rest of him. I know I'll we'll talk about it yet in a minute, Claire. I know we'll put a wee bug well with him, but 
Ah, uh, I think they've got to just play him. I know people are saying play Kamara, and I get it, get him fit, blah, blah, blah. But for me, as long as we're still, the least still no in their horns, I would just play your strongest team, get a bit of momentum. And I think we're playing Griffiths, it's only going to, for me, Claire, it's only going to help us in a way to the end of the season. Yeah, with Griffiths, he always, there's always a chance you're going to get something with Griffiths. He runs a bit like a Jersey one, you know, he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's good and there's always that chance. You might only need that one chance, that one tap and that one opportunity for him when he could score. And the thing with Griffiths, he might not play wonderful for a match, but his goals count. And I agree with you, I think you should play him week in, week out. I, I don't know going forward who his partner, strike partner, will be. I do think he's, he needs to have a partner. I, I don't think he's as effective up front on his own. Um, whether that be my, my wee pal Ayeti there or whether it be somebody else, I don't know. But I think I think Griffiths has just got to be one of the first names on that team sheet if he's fit and if he's ready to go. I think he needs to be. I mean, Lennon turning around and saying that he was an impact substitution when he was just coming back and that he didn't want to start him. I mean, come on. The boy's not going to lose the weight and get his head in the right place if he's not doing what he loves, which is playing start to finish. And, uh, you know, that's another one. That's another statement for Lennon that just mm-hmm. baffled me. I just don't understand. Um, and he did put the work in. Griffiths behind the scenes, he did do what you're saying Barker should probably be doing. Put the head down and just focus for a wee bit. Um but yeah, first one of the first names in the team sheet for me would be Griffiths. If we can keep him and pass on his contract as week, then I would if I could do it, we should we should definitely try and hold on to him. Would you can agree with that, Robert? See, obviously that's just my opinion. I think he's still I know Edward's a phenomenal player, but just based on finishing, I know Rangers fans will talk about Morello as a default, but for me I think Griffiths his finishing's it's brilliant. I think he's looked a bit sharper yesterday. And that, for me, that's only going to come with playing more the rest of the season. I think we'll get more goals out of him. Griffiths is by far the best finisher in Scotland. I'm not even going to debate that with anybody. Honest to God, he's the best finisher in Scotland. Guys that have played with him throughout their career will tell you the guy is an absolute goal-scoring machine. Um, it's just getting his mental health right. Um, I know he's suffered a lot with that. And I just hope maybe back playing and scoring goals gives him that wee kick that he needs um, just to continue his career because I don't want him to be a wasted talent because he's not that old. What is he, 30 mm-hmm. years of age you now? 31, is he? He could easily play for another two or three years at the highest level, but he's got to get his um, weight down and his, obviously, mental health um, obviously sorted and stuff like that. But I another great finish last night. I mean... He's just one of these guys that can just pick a ball up and put it in the corner, be anywhere in the park, really, if he's 30 yards out. Um, I I would like him to stay around and I'd like him under maybe a new manager to get the best out of him again. Um, back to his... Because he does look, to me, still about a stone and a half overweight. He just he doesn't look totally fit. But again, that's probably down to management and... The, co- the fitness coaches and stuff like that um, that need to get the best out of him. Um, but I would keep him. He's definitely a, a player that can win you games out of nothing. As Claire said, he might not have the best of games, but he's always got an eye for goal. And his pass through for Edward yesterday for the second goal was mm-hmm. a great pass as well. Just, I think we are partner, he looks a lot better with it. Um, 
cracking player. Always liked Griffiths, always will like him. Um, scored a lot of goals for Celtic and definitely keep him around Celtic um, as long as we can, as long as he's fitness and his health, sir. And then obviously we'll speak about it yet in a wee minute. Obviously, Frank Paul's away now. Um, the recruitment side of it, it's, he, we've signed him for 11, we've signed him for 11 million, supposedly. I don't know if it is 11, but I think under maybe, I, I know I've given a bit of stick this season because he can't close the ball. For, for me, it doesn't matter if you're 17 or you're 35, if you're playing professional football, and you're a winger or a right back, whatever, you've got to close the ball. Um, as we spoke about with Tony uh, yesterday in the podcast, Robert, but um, we drummed at him at a young age at Celtic, get the ball across, get the ball across, and I think that's what he may be missing, but he might go to Germany under a better structure, better manager, better coaches, and I think he probably will boss him. I think that's maybe, again, some of his comments, it might be a detriment to the way we run our club, the board, the manager. He says, obviously, people say, you're maybe a cheeky wee shite saying that your demands were they met. But again, that's another player who's come out with these cryptic tweets again. Dembele had it, Rodgers said it when they left. So for me, the, the recruitment side of it, and that side, it's going to be better. We spoke with it in plenty of time. I don't know what Claire thinks of the recruitment, but obviously we've heard about Davis saying the day. Touch wood, he's supposed to be a good player to Preston. But from Paul Lee, I don't think of that, Claire. And obviously the recruitment, we signed four or five players I've seen, and it's the structure we spoke about it, it's going to change in my opinion. If it is a, a head coach and a director of football, it's for me, modern football now, it's going to change. Totally agree with you. I mean, <laughs> I'll take the Frimp on one first. I mean, can I say I'm going to lose any sleep over that? I'm not going to lie. I mm-hmm. mean, his crosses have been abysmal. <laughs> Honestly. Um, almost as bad as Christie's, but that's another story. However... Yeah, he's quick and he came in, he was all, you know, really want to be here. I'm, you know, happy, happy. It was, you know, happy as wee boy in the world, quite happy playing football. And, you know, he, something's turned his head. And whether it, yeah, all the people that say it's the agent, it's the agent, it's the agent. Maybe it is, I don't know. But he's young enough to be influenced really easy as well. And, do you know what, fair play to the guy. He's probably going to go to Germany and be brilliant. And... The way he's played this season, I hope Celtic bit the hand off them for giving an eleven million pound. Um, but whether it be eleven million or whether it be eight with add-ons, I don't know. But even if it's just eight or nine or whatever, I mean, spend it Celtic. Give me, give me some players that I want to see play and want to play for the jersey. Um, bring in good signings. I mean, was it recruitment? That's what I was saying to you earlier, uh, Ryan, about the the guy from Preston. Is that a Lennon signing? Because if it was a pre-contract and Lennon's might be leaving in the summer, I question who's behind that. Because why would mm. Lennon be behind that if he's going to come in when Lennon's apparently going to leave? You know, I d- I'm not sure. Um, I, qu- I definitely question the recruitment. I don't know if Nicky Hammond's really probably with Lowell or whatever goes on there. But that in that situation, I feel sorry for Lennon because if he doesn't have a say in who plays in his own team, I mean, how, mm. how can you manage that? Do you know what I mean? How, how can you? You're fighting a losing battle there if you don't have control over your signings. Um, maybe that is what, like what, what uh, Robert said is maybe that is why he came out and said what he said about Barkas. Maybe it is just frustration. Mm. It could just be that. Or, and same with McGregor when he did the interview after whatever game was it. Spotify. I mean, maybe that was just sheer the build up and build up all this stuff. And McGregor just went, you know what? Ran his mouth off and obviously put the brakes on just about in time. 
But I mean, Lennon, I just don't think Lennon's got a say in it. You were talking about obviously the signings. See, and his first spell, he sits, that was a Lennon team, wasn't it, Robert? Yeah. It was the, the guys he signed, your Kyle's, your Ledley's, and the guys up front, and Foster was there. So that was for me, that was high signings. Rogers, when he left, as we spoke about before, Claire, and Robert, that we signed Marion Shebs, Rogers, like I've not seen him play before. Bio, did they sign Bio? Again, another million, two million spunked down the drain. Um, the recruitment for me has been awful. Um, I can I, I can, can I go with you when it comes to Claire that it could be a frustration that he's no signed him. And he's maybe fished, maybe he can, because of the job he's in, he can't come out and say, oh, I don't know sign him. Because it was a few weeks ago, I think I mentioned it to you, Robert, in a podcast that when they an interview and they asked, I, think, I don't know if it was something for Sky, they asked him, do you get the full say in the, in the, the transfers? He kind of says, well, we all speak together and then we go and I'm like, well, really you're saying no? Because if you did, we say, of course I do transfers. I'm the manager. So, and I think that's maybe why the CEO for me doesn't work because for me, the CEO deals with that side of it and I think we've got to bring in the first, when Rogers come in, Rogers and Davies and whoever else, Duff, whatever, they come in and dealt with the football side of it. And I think, I don't know what you think of that, Claire, but I think, the football side, it's just the money men are dealing with the football side in a way, and I don't think that should be happening at a club at Celtic. Totally agree with you. I don't know if this is probably going to be a very much an unpopular opinion, but I don't know whether a director of football would be a good idea. And I, I mean, dark course, and I don't know if this has even been something that's crossed your mind, but somebody like Jackie McNamara as a director of football, somebody mm-hmm. that can deal with the football and can deal with a manager and knows the back backstory of the club, knows all about how it works. I mean, he's, he, I mean, obviously he's not a big, maybe not a big name that would jump out at you with fireworks, but he's he's you can't fault him for his passion for the club. And I think to deal with the football side, you've got to have that. And if he can work with a manager and work with whoever it is that's controlling the money, whether I don't whether it be Mister Lowell, or good luck if it is, but or whether it be somebody else, you need that, maybe that buffer needs to be there. Maybe it shouldn't be. Manager, money man, maybe it should be. Manager and director of football working together, and then that little buffer might just help. I mean, I know that interview you are talking about with Sky, that one that you were saying about Lennon, and he mm-hmm. said, oh, we all speak and we can fair, and I no bother. I'm not buying it, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, who, who you try to kid here? If you, you're the manager, you pick your signings, it's no, it's no difficult. If you have a director of football in, then you turn around and say, me and so and so make these decisions. That's what you do. You don't don't turn around and bullshit me and say that he's ought to talk and you know, it, it's just I think he's he's taking the fans to ride a wee bit with some of those statements. When I think back to them, I'm just like, oh my god. But yeah, I, I, somebody like Jackie McNamara would be fine for me. I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to that. I know a lot of fans would, a lot of fans probably would say that, but I think it would probably be a decent enough appointment, especially if you're changing the structure. I, I think, think that's Something we've spoken to about on it, as much as people might not want a, a kind of former player, a guy who knows the club as a director of football or an advisor, or whatever. But I know I'm I'm kind of the way I'm maybe going a foreign route. No, I'm not saying get a foreign manager, but the way that is, uh, maybe a foreign director of football with a British coach, it's just something different. But I don't know what you're taking. Obviously, Madam Matamara, you maybe say Stratton or O'Neill, just. Somebody that knows Celtic knows how to deal with transfers and the, and the money side. It just because for me, 
well, well, maybe it takes too much. Again, we don't, we're only going by what we're seeing and what we're believing. We don't know other ins and outs. But for me, I just with it, the bit of way learning talks that he's no one full command. He's no one full command. He doesn't get to pick his backroom staff, as I already says. That tells you right away. He's no one full command. Um, I'll say to your director, football might be what we need. Um, I say it's Gordon Strachan, Mark Maneel, your Daffling and John Collins, which could be a good shout. Um, but I think it's going to be somebody a wee bit older than Jackie McNamara. I like the idea of it, but he's got to demand the respect of being a manager and being at clubs for so many years. I don't think McNamara's got that experience. That's just my personal opinion. To maybe get through to, is it going to be Ross Desmond or Peter Lawwell? Um, that side of it, is it going to be even like somebody completely different? As you say, is a European foreign route. I don't know how they're going to structure it, but the structure needs to change the tap to bottom. But on the thing of signing players, do you know all Italian clubs, the manager doesn't really get given a saying on signing players. Mm. It all comes from the directors and the CEOs in Italy. I only found that out through my mate telling me, who's big into Italian football. And I've said all that to him and he talked and says to me, well, that's the way they play it. They do it that way. They've been doing it that way for years. Like, the manager just gets to manage the club and that's it. He gets given these players. Don't get me wrong, I think he might have a say on it, but mm. a lot of it comes from the directors and above who sign the players and they just give them the weapons really to deal with it. And I would hate Celtic to get on that route. I would never like that to happen to us, but what's to say that's not been happening for the last four or five years? And we just don't know about it. And that's why we've got unrest. And that's why maybe hang me left, um, Brendan Rogers, maybe why the scout left John Park, because he was scouting players and Peter Long was gone, no, nah, that's not a budget. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking to an agent who's gain as this player, and he's went, Well, wait a minute, who's gonna get the flak here if this goes wrong? Maybe that's too many people leave Celtic mm-hmm. within a, a certain time. It's like a revolving door. Managers, players, reserve coaches, like director, no director of football, like scouts and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I don't feel we have a structure in place like, say, the Ajax model, Leipzig model, like maybe um, our, our Red Bull Salzburg and stuff like that, where they've kind of structured it all um, and they've got guys that have been there for so many years, I think. We really need to go a long-term plan rather than short-term. That's just my opinion, how the club needs to be run. Uh, I, I think I've been a budget admirer, uh, uh, sorry, advocate of getting a, maybe the modern side of the football change, director of football, and maybe I get a very, very experienced manager. I know I've spoken about the dream for me would be Ralph Ranjik, the old Leipzig manager. Just the way people talk about me is one of the best coaches in the world. Again, will that come to us and we'll be having money today? I don't know. That's just a dream as a fan. But obviously, I spoke about maybe Benitez, Eddie Howe. Their names get flung about through your WhatsApp numbers. We don't know. But she obviously, Clive, was talking about signing Dave, uh, Davies. I, I say to Robert, you know, maybe Hank, as much as it's no for me, it's not going to sell season books. It's not going to get my hump up about Celtic again. But you know, maybe, maybe Alex Neal's coming in the, in the summer. And that's why he's signing Davies. Uh, it's just my opinion. It's just I'm maybe putting two and two together. Because if I want to sign the guy, because if I want to sign the guy Pearson, he's maybe got a bone mouth now. We don't know. We didn't know if this guy uh, Davies is signing. But as you say, who's signing 
if Lenny's not going to be here, why are you signing players if a new manager's not in yet? I, I know Robert, you say Cobbs do that, but managers who normally want a team, I would, I would like to know who my squad is going to be and who I'm going to have to sign and my, my budget. So I, I just put, I was just thinking that today, Claire. Could Alex Neal be a possibility? I don't want it to happen. I said, I don't think it's going, it's not going to sell season books, which are going to go right down unless we get a top manager in. I just think it's something, it's just, it's just a wee, wee burner that I had in my head. Alex Neal, I think, would be all right, but just all right. Mm-hmm. I've said all right a million times since I've been speaking <laughs> to you two, and I hate saying it, I've observed it, that we're just all right. I want to be saying we're brilliant or, you know, I want to be more more positive. Um, that's a good point. I never actually thought, didn't put two and two together with that, but that's a good point. Um, I mean, Davy's coming in, 25, probably. A, a decent player, do you know what I mean? It, it could be fine. We sign him before Monday, but we're just going to drop him in against Kilmarnock or whoever it is we play after St. Mirren and go, hey, go, son, go nuts. Mm-hmm. Let's see if he can settle in, do you know what I mean? And you drop, you bring him in and you fling him in, who goes out? Is he going to drop one of his trusted boys, dumb and dumber at the back, do you know what I mean? Is he going to, you know, one of the two is going to get punted out for this new boy as well? I mean, that's only if he signs by Monday, but then... You've got me thinking now. I wonder why I did sign a pre-contract and why we didn't try and push to get him in this window. Um, so I think if I mean, if Eddie Howe did come in for talking sake, he'd bring in his. He'd, he'd be. I think apparently one of his reasons was he needs to come with his own backroom staff. Mm-hmm. He needs to come with his own his own his own guys. So you know Kennedy and Gavin Strachan and Gavin Strachan's laptop can all bugger off and leave. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> But this is what I'm saying. This is exactly what you guys were saying. They, they need to have their own backroom staff in and Lennon didn't they didn't get that chance and he kinda just get dumped in the job with the dead would was already there. Um, which wasn't really very fair on him. But Alex Neal wouldn't sell a season book for me. I would say I alright, but I wouldn't get overly excited about it to be honest. I would get much more excited if Benitez or Yeah, I would I would be happy with you how I would be. Mm-hmm. But because obviously we were talking about obviously the season books. I I think that the way it's gone because they obviously what we were expecting this season and the way the maybe the club or the boards can kind of conduct themselves. It's maybe know what the fans the fans would like. So I think season books will drop unless, as we've said, as the days go on and the weeks go on, Lenny's still here. It's the fans are going to go. I'm going to give up. Why should I give money when I'm not getting? Sports out say the added value, season passes and all that. It's I just think when it comes to obviously that side of it and then the recruitment, I've spoken about obviously Ayeti came on yesterday again, he's hardly played. The recruitment side of it, we've paid five million pounds for him. Um obviously Gavin Stanton came in, League One. He spoke about Tony, identified Tony, we done not sign him, but supposedly Brentford paid six million pounds. With three or four million pound add-ons, whatever it is. For the outset, when it was rumoured Tony was ten million pound, I was like, I, I don't want to pay ten million pound for a League One striker. For me, at the time, it didn't make business sense. That was just my opinion. I get it coming from West Ham, we really played, but his Basel form was brilliant. Scored I think twenty five, thirty goals in all competitions, including the Champions League. I thought, aye, five million pound come up here. A French player at West Ham on the bench should come up here. I thought with Duffy at Brighton should come up here. 
and he stole it. She scored goals. He's done it in Europe before. So, but now you're thinking five million pound for him, six for Tony. Tony scored over sixteen goals, I think, this season for uh, for Brentford. There's rumours of him going to Arsenal this summer. So, but I think it's an arse guy. I'm Mister Tackling, and I don't know. We've spoken about it, Claire, but I don't know what you obviously are yet, but it's. I'll let you go in there, but I think yeah, but I think it's the recruitment again is showing up to you feel. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it is just so frustrating for me to watch. I mean, I know he came in and he had, what, I think it played, I think it was maybe five or six matches. Mm-hmm. And he had a few goals in there and a few assists in there. And he was, I was like, right, okay, f- fair enough. Let's go. Let's see what you've got. Oblivious, totally forgot the guy was only 23 at this point. You know, he's the same age of not kicking the balls off what Edward is. So, you know, I'm thinking, right, okay, obviously got that. Was it a groin injury, a hamstring injury, whatever mm-hmm. happened to him? And since he's, from what I've heard, since he's came back, he, not, he had fitness issues, whatever that means when a club says a guy has fitness issues, um, which is why he's been off form, apparently. Now, going back to Griffiths and no, no excuse for weight and professional football. Do you know what I mean? I mean come on, now mm-hmm. he's getting, getting paid stupid money. Stay fit. There's no rocket science. He's got all these fitness coaches and whoever in the club that should be able to, to fix that. But, I mean, it's like what you said earlier, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, he could potentially be a completely different player under a completely different manager. Um, the guy might, maybe, maybe he doesn't like Lennon's coaching, maybe he doesn't respond well to the way he's been managed. Maybe... I don't know, maybe he needs the... I mean, you could probably blow on him when he'll fall over. He needs to toughen up a wee bit. Um, but maybe he needs that softly, so a wee bit of a softly, softly approach or a right good kick up the rear end. I don't know. But I mean, he came on last night and I don't know if he's noticed. I just, just, his shoulders were hunched. He was just like, oh my God, here we go. It was as if coming off that bench was an effort for him. Mm-hmm. And... I think they had a corner Hamilton not long after he came on and he was like, his positioning wasn't great and he jumped, totally missed the ball. I mean, nowhere near it. And it's like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, what's, what's going on here? Like, he didn't seem to know what he was, it was as if he didn't know what he was doing and all his runs were, he wasn't even reading his teammates right, his runs were completely wrong last night. And I mean, I know I was quite harsh probably when I spoke about him earlier, but I, I feel for the guy a bit because he is only 23. And maybe a different manager, he could play a lot better. I mean, I, I don't know what your take on that is. Maybe, maybe he won't play better, but he is young enough. He is young enough to get better, and I think he could play really well with Griffiths for a couple of years. I don't know. Um, I don't know what your take on that is. Um, I'm a big. I obviously I played up front myself when I played football, so I tend to look at strikers. I think he's. People might fit and people might shoot me in the foot and say I'm lying, but I he's he's a summer mold a hooper. He doesn't look the most mobile, but if you give him the ball in the box, I think he'll score. He's he's I think the best game I've seen him play was against Leo away. I thought him and Elanusi linked up brilliantly. I thought he was superb. And again, Lens took him after for sixty minutes. And I'm saying, what are you doing? He's playing well, what are you taking him after? Um I agree with you when it comes to it, I think he does look I think that's interesting. Again, we don't like that from a fan's uh, a fan's perspective. It might not be that just might be the way maybe his body language is. Um, but I think a lot of these players maybe better coached, maybe better managers. I think they'll be. I think Robert, I agree with Robert that we've got a a quality, a fantastic team. Um, obviously, we need to be better in Europe. I think. I think it's 
the main thing for me is the defence and the goalkeeper. I think up front we're always going to get goals if it is Kamara, Ayeti, Edward or Griffiths. Midfield, I think we've got a lot of options. Obviously, still getting charmed. You've got other guys there, young guys like Henderson, to come in and play. I think the defence is it's been a bugbear all season. But when it comes to Ayeti, I like him and I think he will come good if he's given the game time. He's been given maybe a better coach for a, a top-class manager. I, I think, Robert, I don't know what you think it may, but I think Ayeti would come good under a better structure like we've said about a lot of other players. Uh, it's a hard one because it's possible we came in and scored a few goals at the start he got a hamstring injury whatever it was he then looks like he's pulling a bit of weight he had a odd couple of good games but if you're saying Ryan you, you're saying he reckon he's a penalty box striker and to me that's the way he looks that's mm-hmm. the type of guy but a penalty box striker playing with Celtic we don't play with wingers now we've no played with wingers so maybe the guy is somebody that's on the end of courses like in the 5-6 yard boat yeah, you know I mean it's hard probably for him if he has a penalty block striker, play his back to goal for twenty five yards out. It probably doesn't suit his game. So when and that should have really done their homework on that side yet if that's the guy they went for. Because to me, our system and the way we play isn't suiting the guy in there and he's gonna get a lot of minutes. Maybe that's what he needs is two natural wingers, guys that can get by people and put crosses in. Because Waxelk's not been the greatest of crossing balls. Taylor's not been the greatest, Ping Pong wasn't the greatest, Coulson boss. So, if you're a penalty box striker, we know a lot of boys come into your area when you're playing. It's very hard to score goals, really. And if you're having to then be 25 yards for goal, playing your back to goal, which doesn't suit your game, then you can look poor. You know what I mean? It's just, just a wee opinion on it. I, just, I don't know, maybe I'm completely wrong in that. But if we think that's the type of player he is, then he really needs to be. Inside the box, balls getting fired in through the wide areas, a cut back to him, and then for the guy to score. Because his goals are always around about the 10, 15 yard mark, to what I've seen. He seems to be that guy who comes alive in the box. So that's just a I'll, wee opinion. It might not be right, might, I don't know. I don't I'll throw one at both of you then. What about, do you think you'd play better if James Forrest was fit and playing well? Yeah, I've been a big. I've, I've been a big criticise the forest, but he starts telling me that I'm talking one lot of shit because his stats are phenomenal and I think that the only thing that I don't, I don't like about him is I think he's a shite bag. That's my point. I think he's he shits at tackles the big games he hides. Um again I, I'm never gonna criticise no sorry, I'm not gonna I don't want to put that up me because he's a professional football player so I'm not gonna say that he's no trying, he's no tackling. I just think that it could be hard on tackles um, and he's on the boy could be but maybe that, but that's not his game. Maybe I'm being too critical. That's not his game. Tackling it here on the ball. But when it comes to the wing play, definitely we're missing him because I don't think he can defend very good. I think that's maybe what we're missing again this side because we when we had Tierney and Sinclair, Sinclair might have got his critics, but him and Tierney defended very well. They covered a lot of ground, and I think maybe Forrest, in my opinion, doesn't do that much. But going forward, we've missed his goals, his creativity. I, I don't know what Robert thinks it, but I think he's going to have a massive miss because when him and Erlen were first kicking off, we were very good, especially last season. And I think, I think we've missed him and we've not actually signed a replacement. In, because we don't know when he's going to come back. Lenny's going to say he's going to be back. He says a few weeks, a few months. 
when's a few I'm months? Really, months? February, I, I heard February. Did he say, I've, I've not heard that, but I don't know you think of Forrest well, but I think I were missing him. We miss James Forrest for the full fact is he stretches the game and he runs with the ball. He gets, he can take you 15, 20 yards up the park with the ball. Just, his running ability is really good in the final third. We have lacked that. And I think we need possibly an or two wingers. We need guys, I mean, my, Mikey Johnson can be, but he's flatters to deceive sometimes. He just I don't hate him at all. Um, the boy who played against us for Sparta Prague, I've only really seen him in the two games, but the two games against us, the winger boy, the Swedish boy, he's Larson, I'm not sure if his name is Larson, Carlson, sorry. Carlson. I, um, I like to look at him because he was a direct runner. He was quick with the ball at his feet and he was a winger and he could score goals. I'm no, he might have had two world games against us and be absolutely garbage, I don't know. But somebody of that mould, I think we should kind of look at. Do you know what I mean? Look, someday we can release the ball on the wing and stretch a game because we play a lot against a lot of compact defences. And if we can't get on the wings, then against teams like Hamilton and Ross Counties and Livingston, you'd expect an all door if you can't get down the wings mm-hmm. and stretch the game. That's just my opinion. I feel we need a couple of wingers um, quick and can take a man on. It's an old-fashioned winger that can get by people, like a Paddy Roberts type of guy. We're lacking, and I think obviously we need Forrest with no natural width in our team. Is that, obviously I'm guessing that's something you've kind of thought about all season, Claire Forrest, been missing? I've never been a massive fan of him. I mean, anybody that knows me will tell you that, but I've also realised exactly what Robert said. You've got the teams at Livingston and St. Johnson to an extent. They, they pack the bus. Let's not beat about the bus here. Come on, mm. we're going to probably do it next week. Pack the bus for 80 minutes. And I think Forrest does stretch the game. He can run with the ball. He might be a wee bit fear. Like you said, John, I think he has not get maybe the, the confidence he should have. But I think, I mean, I'm taking it back to Ayeti because just, I think with Forrest on his game and playing well, Ayeti potentially could feed off that. And I think they two might actually link well together and that could be a good good partnership in the way those two. His style of play might, Forrest style of play could suit a striker like Ayeti that Robert's saying, 10, 15 yards outside. You know, from the goal, Forrest gets good crosses in. Um, I mean, I, I don't like... I've never been a fan of Forrest, however. You don't realise how much you miss him until he's not there. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at that team last night without Christie in it. You know, wasn't he a massive miss, I'm not going to lie. I mean, Christie's been so inconsistent. See, when um, you're talking about Christie, uh, I, he's, I say that with the same with Frimpong, he's the most infuriating player I've ever seen at Selly. He's because I think he's got everything. I generally he's I know he hits about fifty shots a game, but he has got a strike on him. I think his energy is brilliant, his fitness is I think he's my power of fitness in the team, but the looks at it he's he does try the long passes, but I think he's well the only downside I think him as he's as he's shooting and he's he's crossing for me he's ridiculous. I don't at any level of football. If you can't cross past the first man, I don't. I don't like it. I don't. I think it's. I think it's very poor. But I think Chris has got everything, and I think if he does go again, I I, I don't want to keep 
putting it down to Lennon and the coaching staff, but if he's played in a right position, which I can't say, I, I know exactly what it is, but it's the same with Lanusi. If, if he's played in the right position, you'll get the best of him. And I think, as Robert says, we've made too many changes. Guys only getting the right positions are no getting the rhythm in the team. Um, I think I agree when it comes to Christie. He's just, he, he, he doesn't look a big miss, but I don't know if you think he's frustrating, <laughs> Claire, but I think he's, He's got everything in his locker, but he's just very, very frustrating. Oh, it's infuriating. I mean, what was it you said, Robert? Did you say it was 33 times or something the team's been changed this season or whatever it was? I think you said, I mean, I didn't know that. And That's quite scary, actually, but I like it. How many times have we changed tactics in that time for us? We've never put the same tactics. Come back to me next time, I'll give you a figure, right? I'll work it out for you, but I mean... <laughs> You know, I mean, I look at that game Christy played for Scotland. All right, you get the goal, brilliant. You know, I'll not take it away from him. Amazing. But he tried the same shot, a similar shot for us, and I forget who it was against. It was right, it was no long after that. And he made a complete arse of it. And it was like, all right, okay, you know, maybe off the boil slightly. But a couple of games after that, he was still 50 shots a game that were going rose or whatever they were going. And it is infuriating for somebody that's got everything. And I think he's, unfortunately, I don't like saying it, maybe another one that might leave and then be brilliant somewhere mm. else. I mean, I, <laughs> I can't even remember if it was a WhatsApp or whatever, but Arsenal were looking at him. And I was just like, all right, no bother, no danger. There you go. But then I think, look at the Arsenal playing, I think, mm. all right, actually, you could find a team like that. And do you know what? I would wish him well if he left. Frimpong, I think, has been quite arrogant. Christy, I'm just like, do you know what, mate? You've you've been good. You've been here long enough. You have played well. If you want to leave, batter in. Um, um, also, what's your take on Christy, Robert? Very good player. On his day, can score a goal at nothing, but he's not put in his right position. Yeah. He hasn't played his right position the full year. His right position is behind the striker, yeah, four five one, an attack midfielder, and we've played him in the wide right, played him in the wide. Right, practically all season, should I say, um, to come in on his left foot, and I just don't think it suits him. And it's, I mean, last season, his stats and goals and assists last season was phenomenal, so he played in his right position last season. This season, he's just tried to accommodate other people and putting them out of position, and it's no suited him. And maybe that's, and he's one of the lowest paid at Celtic. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I think it is only eight grand a week or something. Um, and maybe he's looking at it and going, guys letting charm at around 15 and 20 grand a week and going, can't no kick his arse for us and he's getting more money than me. So what's to say he's maybe doing like that? I don't want to be here if I'm on that. And there's mm-hmm. guys that can't even get in the team at own a lot more money and probably not done as much for the club in the last 18 months as I have done two years. Um, I think he would blossom in our team and he could blossom at Celtic, but I don't think he'd be a big miss now because we have Tumbo in that role. Um, it's just he's a cracking player. He was always good at Inverness and stuff like that. Um, I always liked him. Um, and I think he is a good football player. Um, just this season, with everything that's happening, maybe we criticise players too much. Um, because everybody's after the boil. Maybe we're picking guys like Christy Moore as a support. I don't know. Um, as I says, if he went, I don't like Frank Pong. I wish him all well as well. Um, he's we've got a lot of money. We've Really, as you say, it's about eleven and a half million for buying a guy for three hundred and fifty grand. It's no bad bit of business in that sense. And I do think he'll blossom in Germany under the right coaches. 
Um, I feel, to be honest with you, most players that would leave in it, I wouldn't be dis- disheartened as long as the money was right and we had the money to rebuild the team. Um, because I think whether we won the league this year or whether we didn't, it was going to be a massive rebuilding job at Celtic. And I feel if we can get any money for certain player or the players that want to leave, take it, put it in the bank and get it to the next manager to rebuild. And just I think it's just a rebuilding job, really, if it's tap to bottom at Celtic, it's needed. And I just hope there's something special happening behind the scenes. I think that's what we're all hoping for, because I'm, obviously, I don't know if you've listened to the folklore, but I'm a big fan of Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe's in my Christmas care list. I think he's, <laughs> I've, I, I, I think that's the way we've got to start playing football, the way I've watched videos of him and the way he speaks about it. Someone in Mulder Rogers, he's obsessed with football and he's obsessed with getting better. And I think, again, that's just my wish. But obviously, I want to kind of just get some information about yourself, Claire. Uh, Robert, you can kick it off. Some, some questions. Oh, sorry, Ryan. No, it's all right, mate. What are you saying? Just, uh... I'll, start, I'll start to ask what again, but obviously, Claire, how did you start obviously being in the Celtic family? Oh, I was born into that. I didn't I was always going to be... I was born into a family that were football daft. I mean, I'm half Irish, so... I let my family over in Northern Ireland, they're all Celtic daft and my granddad was advocate. <laughs> yeah, I was a very big advocate Celtic from a very young age. I mean, I think I was God, I think I was probably four when I went to my first match. Um don't ask me what I, I mean, you know, don't ask me very <laughs> much about it, but I mean I've always I think I've been watching football since I was really small and I've had a ball at my feet since I could probably walk so I was always going to have an interest in it and mm-hmm. I would quite happily sit and watch any football match I mean my, my poor partner just it's mental because in this sense I want to watch football all the time and he's it drives him mental I mean he's a Celtic fan but not to the not to the level mm-hmm. of me and it's like a total role reversal in this relationship but it drives him demented but I think I've always 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 had football on I've always had an interest I've always you know, mostly Celtic, but I mean, I have an interest in, you're saying, Robert, you've got a friend who's interested in Italian football. For me, it's more the Spanish league. quite a big interest in me. I'm a really big fan of Diego Simone, Simone over at Atletico Madrid. I think he's just great. Phenomenal. He's my, he's Phenomenal. on my wish list as a manager. He's up for me. I mean, <laughs> honestly, if he was a, if he was a little boy, like, and you come, and you come. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's how I, I mean, I've just, my family have been, that definitely helped me with the whole Celtic thing, so that's how I got into it. So, do you know what they call him over in Spain? What's that? Cholo, leader <laughs> or something. I think it means my mate had went to that that boy. He's a mad football fan, and he went to the Atletico game, and he says Simeone was um, banned, and he went and sat in the stand. He says, and the small stadium was just chanting Cholo, Cholo. <laughs> he says it was incredible. He'd never seen anything like it. He says that guy could walk on water over there. They love him that much. The Atletico fans, they say they could go on a terrible run and no win anything, but he's just that highly regarded over there. I think he's got a few screws. Does he not get a screw list or two? I think he's a wee bit highly strung and a wee bit short tempered, but I think that'd be brilliant. I think we lack somebody like that. <laughs> a few players would have the fear of God pent them, I think, if he came in. Uh, two wee seconds. Can we just... oh, no. Ryan. 
You go with Ryan, I can't find us. No worries, mate. I obviously, Claire, see, obviously growing, growing up, you says football was a big part of your life. Who was obviously watching Celtic? Obviously, you're me, but all of me, so you've seen a bit more kind of players. Who was your kind of favourite player growing up, Celtic? Uh, I was a really big fan of Nico Anoni actually Um, Paul McStay's obviously he got to be right up there for me Uh, that's the kind of first player that comes to me when I think about who I remember from my way back when I was watching football Um, I mean cliched as it is my favourite player is Larson obviously but the likes of a wee bit further back Van Hoydonk, Cadet and Decanio. I mean, that was when I first started getting proper interested in the more tactical side of it and the more, all these guys are actually skillful. And, like, you know, you get more, you start to get that first the knowledge of it when I was about that age. And, I mean, Decanio obviously was a different kind of class, you know. I mean, obviously it wasn't there for very long, but I mean, I would say if you were to give me, if I had to pick one, I'd say Decanio was up there for me. Definitely up there for me. Um, But, Overall, Larson's still at top of my list. I don't care what MDC is. It might sound really cliched, but I need to say he's got he's up there. Lubo's a close second, but Larson's up there for me. See you on that one, Claire. You talk about the canyon. I loved him as a player, but I thought he was very disrespectful to Celtic, and he's still disrespectful to this day on Celtic, which put me off him a lot. Just in my thoughts, he doesn't even really mention Celtic, like when he talks about his career. And how much he was desperate for money and just took the first opportunity to leave us after rescuing him. DC Milan reserves, really. No, that's, that's a good point. I mean, that's, uh, no, do you know what? You're yeah. probably right. I mean, I think he was an absolute arrogant arse, probably, as a human. But I think because I was small enough at the time, I'd just seen him as this wee hot headed Italian guy that was really good with football and thought, oh, oh my God, he's amazing. And then I seen George Cadet who had the same kind of hairdo as me and thought he was amazing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was like, that was the kind of, you know, I was a young girl who was trying to have an interest in something that only boys liked at, my, at that age. And, yeah. you know, I, 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 I understand what you're saying about the Cano. I think I did an interview a couple of years ago when he didn't mention Celtic. I can't remember what, what it was. I think it might have been after they left West Ham, actually, or something, or whatever it was. Mm. And he didn't mention Celtic and he didn't talk about like anything that happened when he was here and whatever else and I did he did leave under a bit of a what's the phrase yeah. a bit of a cloud as such I think when he left yeah. from what I remember yeah. um but I mean you can't doubt his skill I think from, oh, from that was, they were my heroes growing up quite I'm probably no far after your age like um, I'm not telling telling you to my age right but you can guess no, that no, for yourself saying, but that was I can remember the tail end of Paul McStay and Decanio and Cadet and Jackie McNamara and Tom Boyd and Lambert and stuff, just all these just different generations and Alan Stubbs and that, um, that scoring the winner against Rangers at Celtic Park. Um, and I think it was a cup we first we'd beat them in ages and he scored a header um, for us to beat them and just to feel like beat them. Just I just I can relate to you in so many ways there. You know what I mean? Um, the best game you've ever been to, Celtic. Six two against Rangers. Larson Chipman Claus just honestly made me the happiest person ever. I've got I've got it somewhere the commentary for that. I think it was the Sky commentator that did that, and he just was going absolutely Ian Crocker. I think it was absolutely mental, and it was just brilliant. I think because it was such a 
what would you call it, unexpected. I don't think I would nobody had said we were going to beat them by that much at that point. It was going to maybe be a one each or a one nil, perhaps. It was never going to be a six to nine. Come on. Klaus was the best thing since life's bread at that point. He was never going to get chipped by by Larson. Do you know what I mean? It was it was never it wasn't written. I think it even made it even better. But if you want a European one, I would... Mm. Well, I was just going to go into that. That was just the best game you've been to. Best oh, no, away that old firm game was the best. best away games in Europe. Uh, Liverpool away or Seville, probably. Um, I've got to be up there. I mean, Liverpool won just for John Hartson's goal the, the second half. Mm-hmm. You'll know the goal I'm talking about. Um that was up there. So, I mean, Seville was just a different kind of experience, obviously. There were so many fans there. Um, and it was just, I mean, uh, I, I hope to see something like that in my lifetime again. I don't know, but you never know. I mean, as much as we didn't win it, and we you know it maybe didn't end the way it should have done for various reasons. Um, you know, it's something that the fans at our era probably will never forget. And mm-hmm. you know, I look at I look back and I, you don't I don't think about the defeat right away when I look back in that season. I think about how we got there and who we beat and the goals that we scored and the players that we had. So yeah. I mean that sticks for me from an away game. Home game. Barcelona oh no. Oh come on. <laughs> Man U Nakamura's free kick probably is up there for me that one. Um or Barcelona. Um Although you might disagree with this, you might think I'm nuts, but see the three each game against Man City. Mm-hmm. That from a purely exciting match point of view was just was brilliant. I took my pal to that game for a first ever Celtic game, so uh, that was a baptism of fire for her. I'll, I'll tell you that. But yeah, that's mine's up there with that. Mine was a Juventus 4 3 game. When we yeah. beat Juventus 4 3, and they were just unbelievable talent they had at the time. They had Zidane and um, Trezeguet and Del Piero and Buffon and that. Um, that was my best one, but I, I can relate to you in some of the ones as well. What's your own one, Ryan? Uh, I think, see, see, it sounds, it might, as I said, it might sound bad, but it's probably been the best, the best opposing team I've seen. It was the, the, the game against PSC. The best performance I've ever seen for a player was Cavani. It was see just as fair a neutral point of view just to see him play football. It was frightening. It was absolutely frightening. But if it came to the best game, I think I would maybe go with Claire. I was at the game, um, Nakamura. And that was, I was a bit younger at the time than I was now, but it was phenomenal. Uh, that guy for us was amazing. And I think sounds daft, but you probably expected it to, to happen. You just knew as soon as you put these the ball doing, you know, he's scoring this and that was magical and uh, again, that's it's kind of a bit of a positive note talking about this now because what we've been through this year and the last years in Europe has been it's been pretty, no very good um, but again it's good to kind of talk about old times and memories and obviously Claire, it's been good to have you on and hear your thoughts and views because it's something different um, it's good to debate and obviously have different opinions because people are probably sticking me and Robert talking a lot of fish on this so <laughs> it's different to have some different opinions, but obviously, Claire, I don't pay your time. It's been brilliant having you on. Robert, brilliant again, mate. It's usual okay. shit with us two talking rubbish, but Claire, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, and I hope, obviously, during lockdown, 
everything's all right, but you keep safe. So obviously in the last kind of the last few months is hopefully. Um, and obviously hopefully Celtic win the league. But it's not going to happen, is it? They just need to they just need to hope. But again, it's been brilliant to have you two years on. Uh, but we'll end it there. Um and we'll the back obviously can uh this one game can up hopefully again. We continue to run, get three points. That's all we can really do. But obviously Claire, Robert, thanks for your time and uh, keep Thank safe. You. Thank you. Okay, cheers. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 